Jones. We have a, um, we have a double blessing today because uh, that's our sharing and testimony Sunday. Okay. One person is keen for that. Woo! And then at the end, Steve's going to bring us a word straight out of the word. Wow. She. Steve's excited. He must have a good word. Testimony and sharing is so important. Amen. Because we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Whenever we testify, we are testifying to what Jesus has done. We're testifying to his goodness. We are testifying to his grace. We are testifying to his faithfulness. We are testifying all kinds of things about who Jesus is. Amen. Because God is faithful. He is the same yesterday, today and forever. And I love the reminder that David penned in Scripture. And he said that those who trust in the Lord will never be put to shame. He said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. Our God is the same yesterday, today and forever. Is there someone this morning that has a testimony of Jesus Christ and what he has done? It's always the first one, isn't it? Harry? We're talking about something in the last. Okay, we just, yeah, no, you're right, you come. But just remember, we try to keep them fresh. So something that's happened in the last month since we shared last time. Okay, so Harry's going to lead off for a couple of minutes and we're going to see who else has got a testimony. Come on. everybody anyway. Can you hear me okay? Thank you. Well, this is a testimony about a, a young guy in the States, a recent one. It's about a little boy called Tim, uh, Jimmy who had cancer. His mum, when they were at the hospital, his mum jumped up as soon as she saw the surgeon come out of the operating room. She said, how's my little boy? He's going to be, is he going to be all right? When can I see him? The surgeon said, I'm sorry. We did all we could, but your boy didn't make it. Sally said, why do little children get cancer? Doesn't God care anymore? Where were you, God, when my son needed you? The surgeon said, would you like to take some time alone with your son? One of the nurses will be out in a few minutes before he's transported to the university. Sally asked the nurse to stay with her for a while and said goodbye to her son. She ran her fingers through his lovingly luscious hair, so thick, red and curly. Would you like a lock of his hair, the nurse asked. Sally nodded yes. The nurse cut a lock of his hair 
and put her in a plastic bag and handed it to Sally. Sally said, it was Jim's idea to donate his body to the university for study. And he said it might help someone else. I said no at first, but Jim said yes. Mum, I won't be using my life after I die. Maybe it will help some other little boy to spend some more time of day with his mum. She went on, Jimmy had a heart of gold, always thinking of somebody else, always wanting to help others if he could. Sally walked out of the Children's Mercy Hospital for the last time after spending the last six months there. She put the bag with Jimmy's belongings on the seat beside her in the car. The drive home was difficulty. It was even harder to enter an empty house. She carried Jimmy's belongings in a plastic bag with the lock of his hair of his son in it, and she put them in the room. She started placing model cars and other general things and personal things back in his room exactly where he had always kept them. She lay down across the bed, hugging herself and the pillow and crying herself to sleep. It was around midnight when Sally awoke. Laying back on her bed was a folded letter. The letter said, Dear Mum, I know you're going to miss me. But don't think I will ever forget you or stop loving you because I just... I'm just not around to say I love you, but I always love you. I will always love you, Mum. Even more each day. Someday we will see each other again. Until then, if you adopt another little boy, so you won't be lonely, that's okay with me. He can have my room and old stuff to play with. But if you decide to get a girl instead, she probably won't like the same things us boys do. You'll have to buy her dolls and stuff girls like. You know, don't be thinking about me. This is a really neat place. Grandma and Grandpa met me as soon as I arrived here and showed me around. But it will take a long time to see everything. The angels are so cool. Love to watch them fly. And you know what? Jesus didn't like, look like anything his pictures do. Yes, I went to see him, and I knew him straight away. Jesus himself took me to see God. And guess what, Mum? I got to sit on God's knee and talk, like somebody important. And when I told him that I wanted to write you a letter and tell you how good it was up here and everything, I already knew, already knew it wasn't a lad. Well, you know what, Mum? God handed me some paper and his own pen, personally pen, to write you this letter. I think Gabriel was the name of the angel who was to drop it in the letter into you. God said for me to give you the answer to one question you asked him, where was he when I needed you? God said he was in the same place with me as when he was with Jesus on the cross. He was right there. He was always with all of his children. Oh, and by the way, Mum, no one else can see what I've written except you on the letter. 
No one else can, can think or even know what's on this and in this letter. It actually is a blank piece of paper to everyone else. Isn't it cool? I have to give God back his pen now. He needs to write some more names in the book of life. Tonight I get to sit at the table with Jesus for supper. I'm sure the food is great. Oh, I almost forgot to tell you, I don't hurt anymore. The cancer's gone. I'm glad because I couldn't stand the pain anymore and God couldn't see, stand to see me hurt much either. That's when the angel of mercy came to get me. The angel said I was a very special delivery. How about that? You know, when you're down to nothing, God is up to something. Amen. Thanks, Harry. Okay. Neil, you got something? Keep thinking ahead, people. Let's keep this going. These are always encouraging times of what God has done. And doing. <laughs> um, there's a scripture somewhere, I'm sure there's a scripture that says something along the lines of when you boast, you don't boast in yourself, but you boast in God and what God has done and is what God is doing. I just want to share something with you as I boast in God. Before Christmas, um, as you know, we retired this year, so our income was significantly less than what we're used to, uh, but our B&B has been working really well. God challenged us and said, I want you to double your tithe. And we went, oh, okay. So we took a step of faith and the bookings for our B&B started to come in. And I thought, this is really good. And then we had the house set up. It was all ready to go. The day before, the first guests were coming in January. Bang, sorry, they've cancelled. So then the second one come along. We had it all set up, ready to go. Day before, sorry, they've cancelled. The third one come along. The day before, sorry, they've cancelled. And I went, oh, Lord, we took a step of faith. What's going on here? But when we started to really, you know, ask God what was going on, he showed us all those bookings were from the hotspots in Brisbane where the COVID was. And we went, thank you, Jesus. We now have more bookings and we've got to clean this afternoon. <laughs> but I'm just saying God is faithful. And even when things don't go the way you think that they're going to go, you've got to hang in there because God still is in charge. Yeah. Next. Okay. I want your message to come through here today, not mine. Yes, okay. I'll tilt it slightly. It helps a lot. <laughs> oh, brothers and sisters, I love you all so much been going through some um, very tough times, family times where um, relationships just seem to be so fragile and so upset and we got a prayer request from somebody for um, the same thing that they were going through too and right in the middle of it they were struggling 
and um, I was out on the front veranda and I was watering my plants yesterday and all of a sudden there was this woman standing before me. It's like she wasn't really a woman, but she wasn't really standing there, like if you know what I mean. It was like an apparition. She was standing there. It was a woman and um, she had a weapon in her hand and she had a name written on her chest and the name was Hostility in capital letters. I thought, Lord, what is this? I don't really get it. But I had been interceding that morning for family relationships and reconciliation in families. It, and it seems to be an ongoing thing that the Lord does call me into a lot. And, um, and so I began to realise that um, I had to disarm this woman, this woman called hostility, a force. It was a force of the enemy coming against our families. And so I started to, I started to say, I disarm you and cancel those weapons out in the name of Jesus. I remove your name from off their lives and I release Jesus into these families to bring reconciliation. And um, all hostility has to be gone. It is totally disarmed, totally disabled. And it hasn't stopped, you know. That, that whole thing is not over. I'm still going through it. The Lord is still bringing me stuff. And this morning I was just in tears in the shower about what he was showing me about this. So girls, just don't give up on your families. Boys, men, all of you, all of those places where the, where the family breakdown has happened and where there just seems to be, maybe it is hostility or maybe it's something else coming against you. Just ask the Lord for um, guidance to go through it. I am just, um, I'm just so happy at what I'm seeing because I'm starting to see it turn around and I believe it's going to keep on turning around. Yep, I'm going to see it and so are you. In Jesus' name I pray for you all. Amen. Doris always reminds me of that song, I've seen you move, you move the mountains and I believe you're going to do it again. Amen. Mine's a rejoicing testimony um, about a soul that was saved. Um, Perea and I just happened to be drawn in to sit at the hub on Thursday. Bruce just happened to be away sick. And um, a gentleman came in. He was 82 years old. And um, he wanted some prayer. So we were sitting down there, came down for prayer. And um, he said, you know, basically he said... He started to tell his story and there was just so much. It was heartbreaking. Um, but he also mentioned, he said, you know, I know I've got these entities. And he identified as a Christian. And the Lord said to me, without Jesus, he won't overcome. Tell him. So that was the word I spoke. I said, without Jesus, you won't overcome those spirits. Do you know Jesus? He said, yes, I know Jesus. I said, do you know about salvation? Do you know that you've actually got to ask him into your life and your heart? And he didn't know and he, he was full of questions and I just firing questions and answering and prayer was talking to him too and answering. And um, anyway, do you want this? He was so hungry. He said, yes, please. So we led him <coughs> in a prayer of salvation and uh, he wept and the Holy Spirit touched him 
and uh, he had other things to pray for. So we went and shifted our cars and came back and prayer and I laid hands on him. And the moment we laid hands on him and prayer said, Father, in the name of Jesus, at the mention of Jesus, these demons just screamed and left. Sounded like a really loud radio, very angry. <laughs> so, and, and he didn't even know, he was sitting there. Um, but he walked away so free and so happy and so lifted. Amen. Praise Jesus. But also, I, it, it just shows me how powerful the hub is, how powerful the hub is just even sitting there, how God's just drawing people in there. So please be a part of that. It, it's just amazing what's happening down there. So thank you. Thanks, me. Matt? Oh. Come on, Brian. Just have two or three more and then we'll get Steve to, uh, to share. Oh, there, there was one announcement I forgot, but I'll get to that in a minute. Thank you. Um, I had some sad news about a fortnight ago. From my, my niece rang me and said that her mother had passed away. That was my elder sister. And she said, oh, Uncle Brian, you're the last one left of the family the original family who migrated to Australia. I'm the youngest of seven. And she said, oh, it's terrible. You're the last one left. And that could make you depressed, couldn't it? It really could. But, uh, you know, after I hung up the phone, I thought about it. And I thought, well, that's, that's in the natural. But in the spiritual, I've got a family all over the world. And so... I felt a lot better about that, that aspect, that um, we're never alone. You know, we can go anywhere in the world and catch up with family. And that, that is a wonderful blessing that only God could do. So if you're not part of the family of God or you're feeling lonely, then just reach out to a family member and get a blessing straight from heaven thanks uh, good morning all um, I'm not very good at speaking up here but I'll give it a go so this week we had a bit of a challenge week at work um, sorry that's better so this week, um, with work, I had a bit of a challenging time, but also within my family, there was a, another challenge that arose yesterday. And in the past, um, before I was saved, I was known to be aggressive at times and have a bad temper and quick, quick to anger. But I just wanted to say, now, with, now that I'm saved and that I have Jesus in my life, I have a peace and a calmness about me and I'm not the same person anymore. So that was my testimony and I can overcome I can overcome because I know that God has me and Jesus is by my side all the time. So that's quick and sweet. Good everybody. Hey uh some of you may or may not know my mum. Um on her birthday last year on the 17th of November, um she had a brain aneurysm. She um 
not sure if I'm allowed to say this, but she had a double shot of Pfizer that set a few things off in her life that weren't ideal. Um, yeah, birthday, she turned 65, um, brain aneurysm, went to hospital, lost her short-term memory. I put it out there to a few groups and friends and people of God to pray for mum. Um, anyway, she survived. She had brain surgery. Um, she had a few hiccups with a drain in her brain and all sorts of things. Um, yeah, she's back home now. She's in uh, hospital for about three weeks. Um, she's back home now. Um, struggles with her short-term memory a little bit. Um, her husband uh, contacted the surgeon just for, a, I don't know, an update to talk about mum and how she was going. And he said that he was surprised that my mum was alive because it was the, um, the deepest and largest brain aneurysm that he'd ever seen. That was the brain surgeon. So, um, yeah, look, I mean, we can't really thank anyone other than God for this one, eh? And I thank everybody for um, helping out and praying for mum. Um, yeah, just incredible. Words can't really describe. Um, yeah, however the moon we are with everything. Thank you. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, as Steve, unless anyone else has got something short and sweet. Oh, Kelly. Yep. Come on, you're right. Is um, the Lord has been speaking to me over the past, you know, few weeks more and more about prayer. And, uh, you know, so some of our weekly thoughts and some of our bits and pieces have been about prayer the last couple of weeks because, you know, the Lord is wanting to remind his people about the position of prayer and how powerful prayer is, you know, and uh, particularly when it's united prayer, particularly when you have a group of people that are united in uh, spirit and in purpose over something, you know, God is... God just moves powerfully. So we want to just uh, continue to encourage you to pray. You know, Friday night, we're always at the hub praying and there's other prayer initiatives happening as well, you know, but there are people that will stand with you. Even this week, we've had some people, you know, message us and text us and say, can you please pray for this um, accident or pray for this person or whatever? You know, God is faithful and God is good, amen? So I just want to continue to encourage you to pray. So, Kelly, lucky last. <laughs> I'm not good public speaking, so I'll make it quick. But um, me and my husband, we've recently moved from WA due to circumstances. But um, we just, as we were leaving, we were just faced with battle after battle after battle, roadblock after roadblock, even down to the moment that we got in the car and started driving. And we're, we were on a 20-hour drive, hardly any um, any service and... It got to the third time we just pulled over, pulled over on the side of the road and we said, Lord, please, please show us if um, we're making the right decision in, in trying to get to Queensland because we, it, was, it was so powerful that we thought, is God trying to keep us in WA? As we prayed that um, by the next roadhouse, we just had our car was transported, um, we were able to get to Perth, we were able to put the dog in, Ev everything just opened up immediately. By, by a few hours later, the doors were open, by the time we, we dropped the car off, everything that was a roadblock just opened up. We got to Perth, we were standing out front of the transport for our car and um, we said, why don't we just get on the plane? And there we were at the airport. We just looked at each other and we just said, thank you, Lord. So thank you, Lord, for everything you do for us. All the blessings in Jesus' name. Amen.
I remember that one because Mary said, can you please pray for my son and daughter-in-law? She said, I, I need a word. And the Lord said, I, I will make a way in the desert. And exactly what he did. He is so faithful. Amen. God is so good. Just before Steve comes up, we're excited to hear what Steve's got for a few minutes because it's always good to hear testimonies um, and the testimonies that we've heard today are great. Who's encouraged by, by the testimonies? Most people. Good. Um, but it's always good to get a bit of word as well. Amen. There are too many Christians, there are too many believers that are forsaking the Word of God, that are following philosophies of man and traditions of men and stuff. You know what? We've got to keep and we've got to hold fast to the Logos, the written Word of God, what that was inspired by the Holy Spirit. Amen? We've got to keep coming back. I just want to say this one thing because I forgot before I got up, was that the vision of Restoration Centre was to see restoration of, of, of New Covenant Christianity, to see a restoration of, you know, fivefold ministry, to see a restoration of body ministry, to see a restoration that you would, you know, that the people of God would not just be spectators where they come and just listen and then disappear and just get stuck in a cycle, but, you know, the vision of restoration was to see a restoration of the saints rising up to be all that we're meant to be because we are called to occupy and advance until he comes amen the church in this nation has got stuck on a merry-go-round where it just goes round and round and round and I think in the midst of everything that is happening God has pressed the stop button and he's going are you for me or are you against me there's no gray area you can't straddle the fence anymore are you for me or are you not you know and so part of that is the vision is not really a vision that you can put on paper in a context of, you know, people say, what is your vision statement? What is your mission statement? Well, our vision is Jesus Christ and our mission statement is to go and make disciples of nations because it's in the Word of God. I really don't know what else we can kind of add to that. But we want to see you involved. We want to see you activated because the word that we've always been carrying about being a people of transformation is, is that God was framing the vision but that everybody had a part to play. Do we remember that? Through Katie Barker, the Lord gave us a prophetic word that God was framing the vision, but everyone had, had something to contribute. Well, down the back on that desk where the information desk is, there's a bit of paper about well, that big. And it's got different words around the outside like restoration and transformation and reconciliation and all that kind of stuff. But there's a big blank square in the middle and there's a lot of sticky notes there. I've put mine there to start with. I want to encourage everybody before they leave today to get a sticky note and to write what your contribution is or the, what is your expression of Jesus Christ in the context of his body, amen? What is the things that he is, you know, um, stirring up in your heart to see? And I want to encourage you not to leave this building today without putting a sticky note down on that bit of paper. Is that all right? There's lots of sticky notes and there's lots of pens. They're only small. But what is the expression of Christ through you? What is the heartbeat that he's expressing through you? What, what do you want to be a part of? What do you want to see? Just make it short and simple and stick it on that bit of paper. Is that right? Yes. So I'm going to see like 130 or 40 pieces of paper down there. Woo! Okay, let's welcome Steve.
Good morning. I better put my glasses on. Can't see without them. Plus, I've got a giant print Bible. <laughs> Things are grim. But, Psalm 103. My soul, bless the Lord. Or bless the Lord, O my soul. He's talking to himself, isn't he? He's not talking to anybody else. In a lot of Psalms, he talks to God or he talks to uh, about his own problems and things. But, but this time, he's talking to himself. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. And my soul, bless the Lord, and do not forget all his benefits. I like the King James better. Sorry. I cut my teeth on the King James. It's hard to get away from it. Forget not all of his benefits. It's like an underline. He doesn't say, remember all his benefits, but remember all his benefits. Sounds a bit, you know. Forget not all of his benefits it's like a command isn't it he's commanding his soul he's commanding himself don't you dare forget all the benefits of knowing and loving god and having him love you and he says of course who forgives all your iniquity and he heals all your diseases he redeems your life from the pit He crowns you with faithful love and compassion. He satisfies you with good things. Your youth is renewed like the eagle. He executes acts of righteousness and justice for all the oppressed, etc., etc. Stop there on that one. How awesome is that? Not very awesome? That is just awesome. He's forgiven you all your sins. He's healed all your diseases. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I want to go to... uh, uh, Forget about that. James 1.22. Sorry, James 1.22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Because if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like someone looking at his own face in a mirror. For he looks at himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of person he is or was. But the one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom and perseveres in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer who works, this person will be blessed in what he does. So not just a hearer, but a doer. And there's that word forget again. Now the word forget in the Bible is not amnesia. It's not like I'll forget to do things. And you know when you slap yourself on the side of the head to try to make it, jiggle around and come to the surface. Um, Look, that's, it's just what I do. 
I forget stuff, like amnesia, you know. And um, everybody does it, but the forget in the Bible is to, to shelve something that you knew once. To put into the past and leave there something that was um, a reality in your life in the past. So, think about when we were first born again. Some people are still in that magical point in their lives and some people have long left it behind. And the command of Scripture is forget not. Don't shelve all the good things that are in God's Word and just hear that Word and walk away without doing it. God's Word is living and active. It's got an energy in it that we need to bring into our lives today. You remember in Revelation it says, it says if you've left your first love, go and do those things you did at first. Not go and hear those things you heard at first. Go and read those things you read at first. Go and do the things you did at first. Because in the doing, the energy becomes vital in your life. The Word of God only works when you do it, in other words. The Word of God only works if you do what it says. So when I hear the words, be careful for nothing but in everything, by prayer and supplication, make your requests known unto God. And the peace of God will pass his understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. With thanksgiving. Do I then walk away and just go, I'm so worried about everything? It's funny, but 99.999% of us do that. We hear the word and we don't do it. We don't be careful to do it and not just hear it. It's good to hear the words, God, God clothes the lilies of the field. Won't he clothe you, O you of little faith? Then we walk away worrying about what we're going to wear, metaphorically speaking. And there's endless words of that type in the Bible. Second Peter chapter 1 says, Make every effort to add to your faith virtue. To virtue, knowledge. To knowledge, self-control. Self-control, perseverance. To perseverance, brotherly kindness. To brotherly kindness, love. If these things are in you and abound, they will make you to be profitable and fruitful in your walk with God. And if they're not there... It says, you've forgotten that you were cleansed from your past sins. You've forgotten stuff. Not that you've had amnesia, but you've left stuff behind 
that you need to bring up and become, make a vital part of your life today. It's in the Word of God that we find those many great and precious promises that Peter talks about that make us to be partakers of the nature of God. Let's go to Ezekiel 33.30. And I'm going to read it from the, the Message Bible. Um, I don't know who likes the message and who doesn't. I'm not a great fan. But sometimes it just brings it all out really nicely. As for you, son of man, that's Ezekiel, you become quite the talk of the town. Your people meet on street corners and in front of their houses... Don't forget, these are prisoners of war. These are all people who are being taken away or in the process of being taken away. Let's go hear the latest news from God. They show up, as people tend to do, and sit in your company. They listen to you speak, but don't do a thing you say. They flatter you with compliments but all they care about is making money and getting ahead. To them, you're merely entertainment, a country singer of sad love songs playing a guitar. They love to hear you talk, but nothing comes of it. So the indictment is that we hear the word and we don't do it. We want to be entertained. Doesn't that bring that tickle itching ears scripture to memory? They don't want to hear sound doctrine. All they want to hear is entertainment. Is that, is that prevalent in the world today? Yes. Too much. And I think of Tim up here playing guitar, entertaining. And then he speaks the word. Are we taking it in? Are we... Do we count it as a living thing that has energy and vitality the word of God says in all humility receive the engrafted word in all meekness it's, it's, you have to humble yourself to receive the word of God because we can all live our lives for ourselves and by ourselves we can all do the things we need to do without God but to humble ourselves and receive the word of God is something that will trigger an incredible new life for us. If we've stopped doing it, if those things that we should have brought with us along the way have been left behind, let's start doing those things we did at the beginning. Let's start praying in tongues every day let's start praying to the lord every day let's start spending time with him every day we're so good at bringing the things with us that we should have left behind <laughs> amen we're so good at that but we need to bring with us every day those things in the word those things in 
that our experience in the Spirit so that um, we can enjoy the living energy of God in our lives every day. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your word. We just give you praise, Lord. We don't want to be those people who are hearers and not doers. We don't want to be those people who forget any of his benefits, who forgives all your sins. God, we thank you. I'm going to take that with me today, Lord. I'm going to dwell on it, Jesus, that you forgive all my sins. And all those other benefits, Lord, I'm going to take them with me. And all the precious promises of God, I'm going to start to dwell on, Lord. I'm going to take them with me. I'm going to receive them into my spirit. That grafted word that is in me already, I'm going to, I'm going to bring it to life by believing it and living it and doing it. So, Lord, I just pray for your blessing as we, as we go our way this morning, as we go back into whatever we do out there. Lord, we are your people. We are a separate people. We are the people of God called to be witnesses. Lord, we need to be those who overcome. We need to be those who embody joy and peace and love so that the world will know that you truly are and that you're not just a joke. You're not just a myth or a legend, but you are the living God. Bless you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Steve. Hey, we've we've got some great home groups and we've got a couple others starting up and we just want to encourage as many people as possible. We've got some over north, some out west, some down south, some central, some out east. There's a spot for everyone. What a, what a great opportunity it is to open the Word together in someone's lounge room and to encourage each other and to be accountable to each other. Amen.